thank you for listening to the weekly message at First Baptist Church in Bushland, Texas. Hey, today is the day um, that we jump in and look, a, look at the Magi. We know them as the wise men. Uh, next Sunday, very uh, special Sunday for the church. Uh, not only is it the Christmas musical for the children, but we know we follow that up with the manger offering um, at the end. And so I kind of want to talk a little bit about that. Uh, the letter kind of explains some of this stuff, and I'm going to set it up a little bit more today. But I want to look at the Magi uh, first. We find the story of the Magi in Matthew chapter 2. So if you go to Matthew 2, also know him as the Magi. We know him as the wise men. Some of you have nativity scenes. There's three of them. We get three because of the number of gifts that they bring. But as I've said before, there were a bunch of them. There were a bunch. You don't have a mantle that big, trust me. All right. Um, Matthew chapter 2 says, After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, in Judea, during the time of Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had called together the, the people's chi chief priests and the teachers of the law, he asked them where the Christ was born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet had written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, by no means are you least among the rulers of Judah. And out of you will come a ruler who will be the shepherd of the people of Israel. Then Herod, then Herod called the Magi secretly and found, out, and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and make careful search for this child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. And after they had heard the king, they went on their way. And the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they were overjoyed. And on coming to the house... They saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down, and they worshipped him. And then they opened their treasures, and they presented him with gifts of gold and incense and myrrh. And, and having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. Beautiful text. Let me break this down just a little bit. I want to go up a little bit to verse 7. It says, then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. Now, I want, I want you to understand something about the Magi. The Magi are astrologers. They know the stars. Now, I know that a lot of times when you see Christmas pageants and Christmas stories and even hear Christmas songs, they say the shepherds saw the star. The shepherds didn't see a star. Okay, it's okay. It doesn't take away from Christmas. They, they, they were approached by whom? The angel. We looked last week that the angel came to the shepherds, said this to them, said, don't be scared. Then a heavenly host joined them and started singing. That's what freaked the shepherds out. Okay, the magi are the ones who followed the star. Okay, the magi knew what the star was. Okay, and the reason that Herod wants to know the time that the star appeared is because he's about to do some math, okay? He's trying to figure out how old Christ must be at this point. And that's why if you continue reading the story, he says that after he got mad and they didn't come back and tell him that he found out from the chief priests and all those folks that Jesus must be almost two years old. 
We know he's not over two because the, 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 what he said was, I want all male babies killed that are two and under. Okay? So, first thing I want you to do in your scripture is outside the verse 7, I need you, if you haven't already written these in very important theological words, big, fat lie. Okay? Because... That's a big, fat lie that Herod wants them to come back and tell them where he is so he can go worship him. Herod is not interested at all in worshiping Jesus. What he's interested in is killing Jesus. That's what he's interested in. That's what they always have been interested in. They didn't want Jesus. They were not interested in the king. They wanted to make their own king. And kings that were made wanted to continue to be the king. And my friend, there is not room for two kings. Okay? In America, in Jerusalem, it doesn't matter. We got one king. It's not LeBron James. I know the king returned to Cleveland, but my friends, I'm going to tell you something. The king already was in Cleveland. Okay? They just got him mixed up with some man-made idol. He's not LeBron James. He's not the president. He ain't nobody. Jesus is the king, period. You can't make one, okay? Doesn't matter. So this scripture right here where Herod says, I want you to go find out the exact time the star appeared. I want you to come back and tell me, boy, because I want to go back and worship him. That's a big fat lie. That's a lie. That's just not true. It's not what he was going to do. It's not why he even inquired about it, okay? What he was all jacked up about was, finding out where he was, and sending some thugs to kill Jesus. That's all he wanted to do, okay? And so understand that that right there is very important, that, that sometimes in Scripture you got to understand that there's a lie. That's a lie, okay? That's just a flat lie. Now, I want you to go to verse 11 because it's beautiful stuff here. It says, On coming to the house, they saw the child with, mother, with his mother. Now, understand something. These guys have been traveling for a long time, guys. I mean, we know it's not two years, but they've been in foot or on camel or on donkey or whatever for a long, long time. And as they're making their way to see the star, they are joined by other magi. The count, we do not know, but they are joined by other magi. And there is just this big posse headed to that star to see Jesus. Okay, they've been traveling. What, what I, what's beautiful about it is when they come into the house. Now, these guys are intentional. When they come into the house, they see the child and his mother. Now, understand, they're on foot, donkey, camel, I don't know what. But they didn't take time to eat, bathe, clean themselves up. They just came to Jesus. Somebody needs to hear that because, because somebody is trying to think, well, once, once I get some things straight in my life, then I'm going to start coming back to church. Then I'm going to start doing things I need to do for Jesus. No, you're not. You, what you need to do is not worry about your appearance, but his appearance. And you need to get in his presence as quick as you can because Jesus will clean you up. He'll make things right in your life. Stay focused on what needs to be done. And they came in. They didn't worry about anything else. They came in to one purpose, for Jesus, for Jesus. That's all they came for. And when they saw him, look what they do immediately. They bow down. <laughs> wow. That's what they did immediately. 
just bow down. Nobody told them to. They didn't have to have some music warm them up or anything. Didn't have to get in the spirit. They were walking in the spirit. Amen. I mean, they didn't have some worship guy going, now, if you feel led, lift up your hand. They don't need all that. Nobody says, Magi, listen to me. I know y'all been traveling. You're tired. Your feet hurt. Your knees hurt. I'm sure they hurt. But if you feel led, you bow down. That's not what he said. They didn't, they didn't get coached for this. They just came in, and at the presence of the king, they bowed down. My goodness, where are we at? Where are we at as the church today, man? If we don't get a hot latte, if they don't have our favorite donut, if the temperature's not right, if the chair's not comfy, we don't give him the best. They didn't need all that stuff. They stunk like a camel, man. I don't even know if they bathed for two years. They were nasty. I know their knees hurt, their ankles hurt. I know they had arthritis back then, all right? I know they did, all right? And they were hurting. And they came in, and they didn't care about anything else. They just bowed down in worship. It's beautiful, man. Next Sunday, we're going to set a manger here, okay? It's not going to have Jesus in it. It's symbolic, okay, of this whole story. And you see what's happening here. They bow down and they begin to worship him. And then look what they do. They open up their treasures, okay? Now, now I know there's three gifts, and I know your nativity sin's got three wise men, and that's a beautiful thing. Don't go take them down and protest the magi. Don't do any of that, okay? Make your kids cry. It'd be terrible, all right? Leave, your, leave them up there, okay? It's beautiful. Leave your, leave your TV scene up there. Trust me, if, if they made all the magi that they were, they would still be carving magi today, okay? There's a lot of magi. You don't even have a house probably big enough to put all your magi in, but, but understand something. They, they come in, and they open up their treasures. <laughs> Woo! And, and they just gave, folks, that is the most beautiful thing you've ever seen in your life. If the church could get Matthew 2, it'd change your life. Two years they walk, focused, purposed. They didn't, they didn't get distracted. They didn't lose heart. They just kept going. And that star stayed over that child. And when they came in that house, they didn't need to eat, bathe, clean up, get on, get on their, their church-going clothes, Sunday best, whatever you want to call it, stuff, whatever grandma got on to you for, okay? Then that tucked their shirt in and all that stuff. I mean, I'm not saying look like an idiot, but just, you know. I'm just telling you, don't, we get caught up in a bunch of stuff that's not important. The heart, you got the heart, that, the wardrobe will be fine, okay? I don't have to worry about the wardrobe, the heart's fine. Right. And so you came in, and they bowed down, and they opened up their treasures, and they gave to the king. It's beautiful. Next Sunday morning, we're going to set that manger up, as I talked about. The children are going to begin the whole service with, with a children's musical. Now, understand something. Uh, they say it's going to fit, but there's going to be about 80 kids up here. Okay, Pax and I probably don't even get to come up next week. That's okay. We'll stay down there. But, but there's going to be a ton of kids that are working on this musical. They've been working on it for a while, and they've done a great job. Adults have done awesome, and, and they're going to they're gonna lead us in a Christmas musical. And then we're going to uh, be led to the manger by the preschool kids. Now, that's, that's who ought to lead us, amen? And they're going to come out first. They got a little piggy bank, looks like a nativity scene, and they're going to fill it up, and they're going to put their gifts here. 
And then they're going to turn and go back. And then the children are going to come back. And then we're going to start dismissing sections of the church. Now, in, in the letter and, and, and everything, you got an envelope that says manger offering. Now, understand something. What we've done the last couple of years with that manger offering is, uh, is, is that Sunday on the 14th, the last two years, because we had already made budget, we did not uh, need it. So we gave everything, tithes, offering, everything given on that on those two Sundays, the last couple of years, went to uh, debt. And remember that we, we put those chunks on that debt. And then on Sunday, and then in September, what we did was, because we were in such good shape, after summer ended, we decided to cut a check and kill all the debt. So we were debt-free in September this year. Remember that. We had the little celebration. So we don't have that this year. Amen? We don't have debt to put it on. But what we're going to do is we're going to everything given on the 14th and anything designated in that envelope until the end of the year for manger offering is going to go to the youth building. We're building a brand new youth building, about ready to put stakes in the ground right back here behind us, and a brand new youth building. We've got to get them out of there because what we have done, we moved out of there, came in here, and we said, oh, you have that building, and they're so pumped up. And then what we do in less than a year, all the adults start moving back in. We own half of it, half of it on Sunday, and half of it on Wednesday night, okay? And it's like, shh, y'all don't be too loud. The adults in here, you know, they're getting all spiritual and everything. Well, you can't have a youth building. <laughs> Sometimes they do. But you can't, you can't have a youth building that you share with old people, okay? <laughs> I was a youth guy for 18 years. If I was told every Wednesday, Sunday, be quiet because the adults are trying to do Sunday school, I think I would be much grayer and much balder than I am today, okay? You need a youth house, man. You need a place for just the kids. And so we're building a youth place back here just for them. Uh, we're not, not going to have to share it ever. I'm not, it's my promise as your pastor, as long as I'm here, youth, you will not have to share it with your parents. Promise, okay? All right. I know. Don't, don't clap too loud. It's Christmas, all right? Uh, they might get you. So, so we're going to build that. Here's the deal. I, I, don't, I love bankers. I don't like banks. All right? We're not going to do bank on this building. We're not. Okay? We're not going to take out a loan. Not going to do anything. We're going to pay cash. Okay? We, we're going to need cash for that. And, and we were believing that through the manger offering plus what's in checking, some of what's in checking, not all of it, and we're not going to zero, but we're going to take some out of checking and savings and put it with the manger offering. We're going to be able to pay cash for the youth building. My friends, let me tell you something. If we can do that, that is incredibly awesome, and I believe we can. And I'm going to lead you that way. We're not going to take a note out, okay? All right? And we're going to do the youth building with cash, no bank. That way, in, we continue next year in 15 debt-free. And you're going to see in a little bit when we pass out the budget that the budget's got $60,000 in there, and we're going to pay, make a monthly payment of $5,000 each month. We're not paying anybody but ourselves. We're just going to practice making a note because we think it's a good practice, okay? And so we're going to do that. And each quarter, we'll be able to put more with it if we need to. So what we don't want to do is we don't want to change what we've done, and that's be debt-free church. So help me, okay, make this happen with cash only, no bank. And then that way, in 15, we continue to just do the budget, do ministry, reach people, grow the church, and be able to save money. In 16, we plan to move the dirt to the north on a brand-new worship center, okay? Now, if God chooses to do that cash-free, woo, that's good. 
but there might be a bank involved, okay? But, but that's the only time, okay? And then we'll bury that one real quick, too, like we did this one. But, but I don't want to just start leading us in church we, in debt. We've got to have room. They need room. We, need, we can fill that building up right now with adults if we had it, okay? And so we got to get the youth into a house. We'll pay it with cash, and then that'll give us ready for 16 when we move the dirt to the north on a worship center, and we have one big worship center. And, guys, I know it's going to make you cry. We don't have to put chairs up and take them down, okay? And it's just worship because when I got it the first time and I started talking, we're all on up here. You know what happened? It's off back there. We had about 75 kids in here, and 75 kids just go places, all right? And they turned me off. And I know somebody said, they turned the preacher off. He won't be able, you know, say, I, I'm sorry. Whoever did that, they turned me off. That's okay. All right? I love you. All right? But that won't happen anymore, okay? We'll just have a worship center, and we'll have one service, okay? One service, as long as y'all want to have worship services. And when you outgrow that building, if you want to have two, then we'll have two, okay? But we're going to have one big service. And so here's what I want you to do. Between now and Sunday, you probably already have done it, I want you as a family and a couple to get together and say, what can we do as Magi? We want to open up our treasures, the best we got, and give to the king. Friends, you say, well, I don't even have youth. I don't know why I need to give. I don't have youth, okay? I'm investing in kingdom. See, it's not about whether you have youth. It's about whether you have kingdom, and we got kingdom, and we do kingdom. So you're giving to the kingdom, okay? Today, here's what I want. As we move the invitation, here's what I want you to understand. This, this scripture beautifully illustrates and points out to us what we are called to be every single day. And that's magi. That's wise men. Husbands, you can turn to your wife and say, honey, I'm a wise man. All right? Now, she may agree or not agree, but here's what we understand. We're called to be wise men. We're called to be magi. And let me tell you something. If we could pattern our lives after magi, we are doing really good. Magi were focused they were driven, and they knew the king, and they worshiped him. That's what they were about, man. And so this morning, as we move to that time of invitation, I want you to ask yourself, what in my life, what do I need to do in my life to make sure that I am magi? What am I putting before the king? What am I, what's getting me off track? What's distracting me? That's the stuff that you've got to put behind you. Matthew says, seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all this other stuff, all these other things will be added to you. Focus on the king and be a magi. And on the 14th, let your outward expression of an inner love of Jesus be demonstrated in the manger offering. You're giving the best you got. Just give your best. That's what we're going to do as a family. That's what we're asking our church family to do. And we together, as we give to the manger offering, we give our best right here to the king. He will take that and do kingdom work with it. I mean, incredible work with that, okay? And so this morning during the invitation time, it's simple. What in my life is taking the place of my focus on the king? What's all the stuff that has to be added and done and I worry about instead of just coming in and worshiping? Why do I have to be coached in the worship? I want to be able just to be a worshiper of the king. 
this morning, if you're family, you're looking for a church home. This is a sweet church. Not because I'm the pastor by no means, but because this church, you guys are a sweet church. Okay? Come and be a part of what God's doing here. Oh, he's done great things, but greater things is yet to come. Greater things are yet to come. Maybe this morning you need prayer. You got some couples that faithfully stand down here, and all they want to do is partner with you in prayer. All they want to do is pray for you and over you and agree with you in prayer. So you come this morning for prayer. Altar's open, but you come as God leads this morning. Father, this morning, may your Holy Spirit move us during this invitation time, and may you be honored by it in Christ's name. Amen.